message. Oh, the essence of my message. So I will just say a few things. Uh, in the villages there in the northwest. When the chief calls a meeting and you want to say something but you don't have much to say you just say that's my word we want to talk on the on the subject of faith this morning and when we read in, in Hebrews 11 verse 1 this is what the Bible says it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. I'll read it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we want to talk on the subject of faith. When you read the same uh, scripture, in uh, amplified classic version it says faith is the confirmation it says faith is the title deed of what you are hoping for so just that first part of the scripture it, it, it tells us that faith functions in a climate of hope. Because faith is the substance of what you are hoping for. So when you have hope, it is faith that brings your hope to pass. So hope is in the future. But faith is in the present. And in where we have read, it starts with the word now faith. You can also read it as present time faith. Because faith is in the now. But hope is in the future. But faith requires hope in order to function. Because it is faith that is the substance of what you are hoping for. It is the evidence of what you are hoping for. So hope says, I'm trusting God for this thing. But faith says, I already have this thing. Because faith is based on the kind of God that you are praying to. Because when you trust God for something, faith tells you that it is already done. And faith is in the present. So the kind of faith we are talking about today is a present time faith. It's a now faith. It's not a faith for tomorrow, but it's a faith for today. Let's quickly read Mark 11, verse 24. I just want to put emphasis on this point.
Mark chapter 11. Mark 11. Verse 24. Verse 24. Christ says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. In this scripture, we see both hope and faith. The, the Bible says, when you pray, whatever you are asking God for, believe that you have received it. That is present time faith. And then you will have it. That's an element of hope. So when you are trusting God for something, believe that you have received it and you will have it. That is how faith operates. So faith receives before it receives. And when it receives, it's because it has already received. So when you, so with your faith, you receive whatever you are trusting God for. Before it manifests, before it comes to pass, and when it manifests, it's because you have already received. That's how faith works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that when Daniel prayed to God, even before he fasted for 40 days, God answered. Even though the prayer came after 40 days, but when he, when he prayed, God answered. And that's how we must see faith. When you pray, you receive. And when you receive, it's because you have already received. That's how faith works in the climate of hope. Because faith manifests what you are trusting God for. You receive even before the manifestation. Because of your trust in the Lord. So, Faith is what manifests the will of God in your life. In the Lord's Prayer, the Bible says, we must pray and says, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, faith is an instrument that we use to manifest the will of God in our circumstances. So, therefore, we need to know what is the will of God in your circumstance. And, and, and that saint is, 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 is the battle or the fight of faith. The fight of faith is to change your circumstances so that they align with the will of God. That is the fight of faith. For example, if you are sick in your body, the will of God is that you will be healed. What Christ paid for on the cross, the Bible says by his stripes we were healed. He purchased healing for us on the cross. So, therefore, your fight of faith is to know what is the will of God for my present situation. And take the word of God. The Bible says it's the sword of the spirit. It's your 
only offensive weapon in this battle. So you take the word of God and you fight with your circumstances so that your circumstances align with the word of God. And that is the fight of faith. Paul says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, fight the fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. So there is a fight of faith that we've got to fight. And for us to fight it successfully, we need to know what did God say about my situation. Because yes, this thing about your circumstances. Your circumstances are subject to change. Your circumstances are temporal. But the word of God is eternal. So you need to lay hold of the word of God. And speak it into your circumstances. So that your circumstances begin to change. Hallelujah. That is the fight of faith. And I want to talk briefly because I'm not going to preach long about the mechanics of faith. And we will read in Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 1 and 4. Verse 1 and 4. If, if, if you are a Bacchanean, you know Ezekiel 37. <laughs> It read thus. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all round. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and they were very dry and he said to me son of man can these bones live so I answered oh Lord God you know verse 4 again he said to me prophesy to these bones and say to them Oh, dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. We want to talk about how faith works. Or the, the mechanics of faith, how faith works. Ezekiel talks about this dream that he was in the spirit and God took him to a place and that place was full of bones and the bones were very dry and, and, and God asked him a very important question he says can these bones live it's like if you look into your situation and the question is can this situation turn around 
Can this situation change? And Ezekiel says to the Lord, He says, You know, O Lord, whether the situation can change or not. And, and, and this is the solution that God gives to Ezekiel. God says to Ezekiel, He says, Ezekiel, prophesy to the bone. Ezekiel, speak to the bone. And say to the bones, speak to them. And this is what he says in, in, in verse 4. He says, Oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. What was Ezekiel supposed to say? to the bones. What was he supposed to confess or prophesy? Is the word of the Lord. Your circumstances will only be changed by speaking the word of the Lord. God says, Ezekiel, prophesy, speak the word of the Lord in your situation, in your dry bones. The Bible says they were very very many, and they were very dry, yet they were still responsive to the word of the Lord. Let me tell you something. Your dry bones, your circumstances are not responsive to your tears, are not responsive to your complaining, are not responsive to your worrying, but they are responsive to the word of the Lord. God says to Ezekiel, speak the word of the Lord. If you want to see change, speak the word of the Lord. Say what the word of the Lord is saying. Until circumstances change and begin to align with the word of God. Hallelujah. Here is a law that I want to share with you quickly. It's it's the law of the dry bones. You know, when I I was in in school, we were taught about Newton's Newton's law. They say it's a a force, it's a pull or a push. But I want to introduce a new law. The law of the dry bones. And it says that the dry bones will remain in a state of perpetual dryness until such a time as the word of the Lord is spoken unto them. That's the law of the dry bones. It's like the law of gravity. If you want to exercise it, you must throw something up, it will come down. In the same way, the law of the dry bones. If you desire to see change in your life, you got to open the word of the Lord and begin to say, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not be in one. You need to begin to open the word and say bless the Lord all my soul and forget not all his benefits he forgives all my sins he redeems my life from distractions he heals my boat 
you got to know what the Lord says and begin to say what he says and bit by bit life will begin to come change will begin to happen because you will be activating the Lord the dry bones Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Joshua took over the leadership from Moses, God gave him a few advices. And one of the advice that God gave him in Joshua 1 verse 8, God says, Joshua, if you want to be prosperous, if you want to have good success, the word of the Lord must not depart from your mouth. You need to meditate on it. You need to speak it. Day and night. He says, here is a secret. As you are starting this journey, Joshua, whatever you are facing, the word must not depart from your mouth. Let me tell you, when you begin to complain, the word has departed from your mouth. But when you begin to say, all things work together for good, the word is staying in your mouth. You are beginning to see change and minister change into your circumstances. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 5 verse 1 to 6. Luke chapter 5 verse 1 to 6. I'm not sure if we'll close it here. But we are about to close it. We need to believe the word. And speak the word. Luke chapter 5 verse 1 to 6. This is what the Bible says. Luke chapter 5. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of the Lord that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and two boats standing by the lake by the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At your word, yes, I will let down the net. So, so Peter was a professional fisherman. He knew that if he was to be successful, he must fish at night so that the fish can easily come into the nets. Because the visibility of the fish is obstructed at night. So it is easy to catch. And, and, and this is what he says to the Lord. He says we have toiled all night. We, we, we know what we are doing. We know how to do this thing of fishing. 
We have experience. Maybe you have tried everything. But still your circumstances are still the same. This is what you do. As we learn from Peter, you must say, Lord, nevertheless, at your weight, I will do what your word says. And this is how we begin to see change. Hallelujah. At the word of the Lord, there is change. Now, 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 here's the thing about Peter and the fish. When the creator of the heavens and the earth spoke and says, let down the nets, the, the fish heard the word that there are nets that we need to run into. The Bible says, but Peter let down a net. But the fish heard that there are nets that but, but Peter let down a net. And the Bible says a net begin to break. It, it, was, it was very full. Because the fish, according to the command, they knew this, this bigger capacity. But Peter only let one net instead of the nets. So the, the, the fish responded to the word. And, and that's how we see miracles. A, a miracle is a supernatural intervention on the natural course of events. So when the creator of the heavens speaks, circumstances begin to change and align. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At the word. Let's close it properly in Matthew 14. Verse 22. Matthew 14, verse 22. Matthew 14, verse 22. We, we will quickly read. Then one was brought. Matthew 14. Sorry. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking, on the sea they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So this is how we want to close it. We want to talk briefly about the counterforce of faith. But 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 before we, we, we talk about that, this is what the scripture says where we have read that Jesus had sent away the disciples and they had went you know, across the, the ocean or the sea on a boat and he stayed behind so that he can send the multitudes away. And when they had gone away, the Bible says he went to a mountain to pray. But here's an interesting thing that Jesus did. Now he's next to the lake or the sea. And the boat is gone. But he wants to join the guys who are on the boat. So Jesus decides, hey, what am I going to do now? He says, okay, I will walk on water and go to them. So Jesus begins to walk on water. The Bible says when they see him, they, they start to say, oh, it's a ghost. And then he says, no, it is I. I'm just walking on water. I, I just decided to walk on this thing and, and perform a miracle. Because naturally, a heavy thing is supposed to sink in the water. But Jesus began to walk on water. But I, I like what Peter did. Before we talk about the counterforce of faith, he says, Lord, if it is you, command that I may come. Lord, if it is you, say a word that will overrule the natural course of events. And the Bible says, after Jesus spoke the word, because Jesus said to Peter, come. So Peter walked on the command that says, come. And Peter, the Bible says, he walked on water. Now, here is the counterforce of faith. Firstly, faith comes from the word of God. When we hear the word of God, when we read the word of God, faith begins to rise in our spirit. So, the word is the source of faith. Paul writes in Romans and says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the way. So the, the source of faith is the word of Almighty God. Now what is the counterforce of faith? Fear is the counterforce of faith. And, and, and fear comes from the circumstances. So, with our organs of perception, with our ears and our eyes, we interact with both faith and fear. And we begin to make a decision whether we'll go with faith or with fear. And the Bible says when Peter begin to see the winds. When he uses perception of sight, this organ of perception of sight, he started now to move from faith to fear. And the Bible says he began to sing. So we, we must be careful of the counterforce of faith, which is fear. 
Because the Bible says, when he saw the wind, he began to be afraid. But the Bible tells us that we live by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we always need to make a choice. Each and every day, we need to make a decision. Every moment, every hour, we need to make a decision. Whatever you are facing, you need to make a decision. How are you going to respond to that situation? Are you going to respond based on the on, on faith or on fear? Are you going to respond based on based on truth or fact? You see, it was a fact that the wind was boisterous. But it was truth that that Peter, that Christ said to Peter, come. So truth is the word of God. But fact comes from the circumstances. So faith does not overlook the facts. No, faith changes the facts. So faith does not say, I'm not sick. Faith says by his stripes I'm healed. Faith speaks the word to change the facts because the facts are subject to change. The facts are temporal but the truth is eternal. The truth does not change. You see, the facts are, are, are subject to change. There is an expiry date on the facts but the truth is eternal. The way is eternal. The word has no beginning, has no end. But the fact has a beginning and an end. But the word is eternal. The truth lives forever. In John, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So the word is eternal. The word does not change. But our circumstances change. So every day of our lives, we are faced with two reports. It is the report of the word and the report of circumstances. Here is the question. Which report are you going to believe? When Joshua and Caleb came from spying the land and stood before the nation of Israel, the Bible says they had a good report. And their report was simply this. That we are able to go and defeat the giants and take the land. But the nation were also faced with another report. And the report said there are giants in the land. And we are like grasshoppers before these giants. Unfortunately, the nation chose to believe an evil report. 
and not a report of the word. So you have a choice to make. What report are you going to believe? A report of the circumstances. Or a report of faith. A report of the word of God. Let's stand on our feet as we're going to pray.